Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. There are times in life when we get to see beyond the physical realm into the spiritual realm, the heavenly realm, the realm beyond what the eyes can see. One of the gifts of having my grandmother living with us in the last years of her life in our house after she had fallen and broken her hips and back and suffered from dementia was that last fall she almost died several times and she would travel back and forth between the realm of the unseen and the realm of the seen. One of the times she said to me, the angel's music is getting so beautiful that it's harder and harder to come back to you guys. And she would speak to people in the room that had died. And it was very interesting that she would speak to one of her sisters that was dead and not to the one that was alive. And she would see her and her mother, both of whom were dead, but she wouldn't see the ones that were alive. So she would converse with them and ask them questions, you know, things like, why are you coming? Uh, what's going on? I'm not ready to leave yet. So we would watch my grandmother go back and forth between the realm of the seen and the unseen. The reading today is Elijah in the book of Kings, the second book of Kings now, and he's about to be taken up to heaven in this dramatic imagery of a chariot of fire and a whirlwind. And he is with the project, the, the prophet Elisha that he's been training for a few years, and they've been walking around together after God tells Elijah to select Elijah, effectively sort of firing Elijah from the job. And now they know that this is the last walk for Elijah. And they're walking from Gilgad. And Gilgal in the east side of Jericho appears in the story of Joshua as well when the Israelites encamped there after they had crossed the river. And they erected this sort of altar that had 12 stones. One of the beautiful things about the stories in the Bible is that they layer the meaning of one generation to another generation coming to terms with, with God's entrance into the world, appearance in the world, interest in the activities of what's happening in the created world, and human beings leaving memorials and milestones and altars to remind themselves and those that came behind them that the Lord walks amongst us. So we know that Moses had crossed parting the Red Sea and that when they arrive at the Jordan River after being in the desert for 40 years, Joshua parts the Jordan River. And in the story of Elijah, before he's taken up to heaven, he parts the Jordan Sea again with his mantle. All of these images of human beings crossing over are very important. 
we all have big transitions in life. And the biggest one is when we come into life from our mother's womb. It's a huge veil that opens, physical veil. And also, if you've been at the birth of a child or you are a mother and you have had a child, you know that there is something profound that takes place when a human being comes into the world. And it's equally profound when a human being leaves the world. There is definitely a veil that is lifted. There is a reality that becomes very vibrant and everything sort of slows down, both when we arrive and when we leave. We are entering and exiting. And here in the story of Elijah on the chariots of fire, we have a dramatic representation of the crossing of the veil. He is taken up in a whirlwind with fire. If we remember in one of the episodes from a little, a few days ago, Elijah had committed a terrible crime. He had uh, murdered a lot of the prophets of the Baal. And God asked him for a reckoning. What, what did you do? And God hadn't asked him to act that way, but I think he got carried away. And when he's trying to listen to God, and God instructs him to come to the top of the mountain and stand outside of the cave where he was hiding because the, the king and the queen were trying to, to hunt him down, he finds that God is not in any of the dramatic elements. He's not in the fire. He's not in the earthquake. He's not in the whirlwind. And now we find that Elijah, who returned from that place of disobedience to the Lord in great sin, murdering, he now, after obeying and humbling himself and choosing Elijah according to the Lord's command and continuing to speak to King Ahab, uh, who kept doing bad things and moving all his people away from God, he now arrives at the place where he's going to be taken up into heaven. He's going to cross to the other side of, from this reality to the next and it, it is going to happen in the face of Elijah. And at that point, and at that transition, Elijah asks that Elijah multiply for him, double up, the ability that he might have, infuse him with a spirit that he could be effective, efficacious in bringing God's word and God's action into the world. And we remember Elijah has left a life of influence and money. He had all these oxen and he had left to follow Elijah and gets to see him transition to the other side. Perhaps you've had that opportunity. I know when I was next to my father when he was dying and was present when he took his last breath, there was a trembling of all of life. And those are sacred moments. And Elijah and Elisha are in one of those moments where a mantle is literally passed from one to the other one, where a, a river is crossed, literally, and where a baton from one figure of authority to bring the word of God into the world is passed to another one. How do you deal with transitions in life? They are difficult moments, and right now in the midst of the pandemic, we are going through a good number of them. 
Uh, we have had different transitions for graduations, uh, for ends of schools, for banquets, for all the honoring rituals that we have at the end of school years. All of those have been canceled. They've all had to happen virtually. We've had a different relationship with reality through media to be connected. And all of the transitions that we are accustomed to ha have been halted. And we've had to re-encounter how we signal the beginning and the ending of things. Next week, we're going to have a small gathering to place my grandmother's ashes in the cemetery. And we never imagined that we would be doing it the way we're doing it. We had imagined that all of our friends and family members were going to be there and transitioning a life, a moment that was very dear to all of us, supporting one another, and we can't do it the way we had always imagined. It's going to be very different. So in this pandemic, even the transitions that are already hard become harder because the things we have relied on for generations are not there to rely on them. So transitions can be extremely difficult. That is why Psalm 31 is a helpful prayer. Let your hearts take comfort, all who hope in the Lord. At moments like this, I need comfort. I know that as I walk the days where I had to pick the epitaph that is going to go on my grandmother's columbarium, and uh, all of those decisions, you know, what honors my grandmother are important when we have these transitions between one reality and the next. So these will be an important psalm to pray for me. How great is the goodness, O Lord, which you have in store for those who fear you and which towards those who take refuge in you, you show in the sight of the children of men. You hide them in the shelter of your presence. And that's literally what we're doing with my grandmother. We're going to shelter her in the cemetery, in God's presence. You screen them within your abode. And we are praying that she's resting in peace. And the children are all coming to the cemetery to place them. Because it's very important that the generations know how to honor these moments of transition. Love the Lord, all you his faithful ones. The Lord keeps those who are constant but more than requires those who act proudly. So this psalm that reminds us that we can take refuge in God, that we can find comfort and hope in the Lord, is one that can help us when we are going through a difficult transition. And we come to the gospel reading for today, which is Matthew 6, 1. And Jesus tells the disciples, take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. We are hearing in Jesus' words, that we can make these rituals so important that they lose the connection to the heart and we can perform them to feel better about ourselves without really having the right intentions in our mind. 
and we are wanting the applause and the recognition of the world instead of seeking our Father in heaven who sees in secret, and that is the reward that is needed, that we're aligned with our Father's will. So Jesus tells us that when we pray, don't do it in the synagogues or on the streets where everybody can see you because then you've received your reward, but go into your inner room, which is the title of this podcast because that is what we can do when we are reading these readings together. Go into our inner room, we close the door, and we can pray to our Father in secret. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you, will reward you and me, reward us with his insight, with his wisdom, with his kindness, with his forgiveness, with his mercy. So we are not to fast so that others can see us, but we are to show ourselves in life and in the marketplace, in our workplace, not showing what we're doing in in our interior life when we are finding a path to work on a virtual or working on our discipline, but which fasting is a way to do to do that. But we are to keep those interior dispositions for God and us to work on. So how does this relate to the story of Elijah and Elisha? We see that this is happening in public because there's all these other uh, priests that are there, these prophets, these other 50 individuals that are from the guild of prophets and they are there as the opening of the water of the Jordan happens and as they uh, Elijah is taken up. So Elijah by this point has left his desire to be accepted by the world. He doesn't fear the punishment of what others might think or say when he says the truth about things. He has trained Elijah as the Lord had commanded, and he has completed his task. Jesus tells us that to complete our tasks, we have to keep going to the inner room and be fed, be nourished, be held by our Heavenly Father. Through the Easter season, we saw in the Acts of the Apostles how all the apostles, as they traveled around the Mediterranean, kept prayer and fasting at the center of their practice because in order to speak to the world, one has to continuously go into that inner room to find the wisdom of God, the correction of God, the alignment with his divine perspective. So as we come to the middle of this week, let us put to practice some of these ideas to be mindful that we live between the veil of this reality and the next, that prayer is a way to keep focused on this world and not be taken over by the trials that come our way because we can look beyond it and know that beyond this reality lies the one where we can abide with God who is amongst us and is also waiting for us as he waited for Elijah.